This is realestateinvestingmastery.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I am uh, real excited, really excited about this podcast interview because um, I was in a, a high-level mastermind to get in a meeting back in um, about a month ago, a few weeks ago in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. And um, I was blown away. We invited somebody to come and speak with us, to us, about what's kind of been going on and uh, some of the the really cool ninja stuff that he's doing. And a lot of you might have heard of Nathan. He's known as the short sale kid. Um, he's known for his leopard print hair, and it is a birthmark. So don't give him a hard time I'm about it. Real sensitive about it. <laughs> we could just not talk about my leopard print hair. I okay. really appreciate it. We won't. <laughs> but we're, we're going to be talking about something that, because when he was presenting, I came up to him afterwards and I said, Nathan, this is so awesome. I want you to share this on my podcast to our listeners and um he said yeah okay that'd be cool but this is guys i promise you this isn't something that uh this is something you've never heard before um but we're going to be talking about a lot of things and if you're skeptical and you're thinking well you know does nathan jurowitz still doing deals well you should be skeptical because he's not doing deals anymore but what he's going to be sharing is 100 percent applicable to real estate investing and doing deals and i was thinking about I was thinking about what Nathan was sharing, and I remember the times when I was successful and I did deals, and I was successful in my negotiating, and times when I wasn't successful and I lost deals. It's because I was either applying these principles, and I didn't even know it, or I couldn't, you know, I didn't know what it was called, but um, these are things that uh, Nathan has called the real estate cheat code, and I think I'm going to title the podcast the real estate cheat code. And he's going to be talking about ethical ways to cheat in real estate that you've never even thought of. And I promise you, no one's ever taught it like Nathan has. And uh, this is going to blow your mind. Um, Nathan has been involved with a lot of different things. And uh, we've been friends for a couple years now. But he's behind some of the internet's biggest real estate investing podcast, I mean, real estate investing product launches. And he's also behind a lot of different other product launches in different niches across internet marketing and homeschooling and business related. He's got some cool things coming up on his on his plate, like a television show. He's got a really successful podcast, and this is a guy who's made millions of dollars. And uh, he's going to be sharing a lot of really good information. And I, I really believe this is important and pertinent to us. And you know, even though Nathan's going to be talking about why he doesn't do real estate anymore, but still what he's going to be sharing with this cheat code on, on how to control, I don't know what you'd call it, control conversations. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, I'm kind of a big Star Wars fan. It's kind of like ethical Jedi mind tricks. Um, and uh, some people may even, I mean, hear, I mean, you, you may actually get some critics when you hear this, and, and, and people may listen to this podcast and are like, oh, well, he's being manipulative or he's manipulating <laughs> people. And I guess you know, my best rebuttal to that would be if more people were taught this cheat code, you know, kids wouldn't get bullied in school. There'd be less school shootings. So 
you know, that's how, that's how I'm going to justify it. You know, well, anyway, so and don't you know, don't ask Jason how to spell his last name. The J stands for Jedi. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's, sure. it's sure. Nathan. Yeah, sure. It's Nathan Jedi. Yeah, but Nathan this Jedi, sure. You, so Nathan, I, I I wanted you to come on the podcast and and share a little bit more in more detail what you were sharing with us in our mastermind. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, for, I guess first off, let's kind of like talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. Well, how, how why is he on a podcast? Um, and he doesn't even do real estate deals. You know, I, I guess you know my story is you know I grew up in a, a Christian home and was was homeschooled and. Joe, do you, do you know like the homeschool stereotype? Well, yeah, you we know about that, right? Oh, we homeschool our two older kids oh, right okay. now. Okay, all right. So you, you know, you like get all kinds of critics from your friends, like, "Oh, you're homeschooling your kids." Oh, yeah, yeah. Anti-social or whatever. And I don't think that that stereotype is necessarily true. It's probably true, maybe like half the time. Sometimes it really is true, and the kids really are like completely sheltered. They, you know, they don't have you know good social skills or or um, or. Um, it's just the complete opposite. You know, homeschool kids either like the most brilliant kid you ever met in your life or just complete, just backwards, like this kid needs help. Um, and that's a lot to do with the, with the parenting and upbringing, um, which we're not going to get into. This is not a parenting uh, podcast. But, you know, my story is I was Christian home, you know, was bullied in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Eighth grade was like the worst year of my life. It was the shortest kid in class. You know, was never good with girls. Didn't kiss my first girl until I was 22 years old. So, I was homeschooled in high school as a result of all of that and was glad to do so. Wow. So if you think of like the homeschool stereotype, I'm not saying it's true, but for me, it was totally true. Okay. That was totally, that was me. So I had to, I started to get into sales and to start developing social skills and then realize it kind of applied to everything. And, you know, now because I've, you know, done 10,000 hours of, of, of research researching this kind of stuff, um, I understand how to teach it. Typically, people that are the popular kid in school or the really good networkers or the really good socially, they're naturals at it. So they don't understand how to break it down and to teach it. I am by no means a natural at all, but like I understand how to teach it. And in why this is it, why is this important? You know, what what does this have to do with real estate? Why am I why am I not doing it in real estate anymore? Well what happened was, you know, getting in sales and falling into real estate in 2006 the market crashed and then I'm like, oh crap, what am I gonna do now? So then I started to figure out how to do short sales. And I was really good um, at and I figured out a way to you know network with realtors, get realtors to give me all their deals and basically have them do all the work. And, uh, and, you know, you know, you know, consequently, you know, flip five to 10 deals a month and just, you know, absolutely, you know, crushed it. And then people started asking me, well, how are you doing that? You know, so then, you know, locally I started teaching it and then, you know, in 2008 started short sales, which com, and then started teaching people how to flip houses in 2009, my first full year on the internet, um, you know, just selling information and high quality products. We did, uh, $5 million on the, on the internet. Um, our first year, and and really, it was just because I knew the right people. I kind of got lucky. It's not because I was some type of marketing genius or anything like that. And then came out with other products, and then um, and then people started asking me, "Well, how are you making all this money online?" So what did I start doing? I started teaching people how I was making money online. Um, and I think someone with my bird's eye view is like I've sat in home, I've sat in the house of over in, in homes and kitchen tables of over 200 people that are in foreclosure and I've seen how they react to adversity. You know, I've sold, you know, millions of dollars on the internet 
and sold several how-to courses on the internet. And I've, I've seen how people, I've seen the difference between the 1% of people that actually do stuff and the 99% other unicorn chasers that are looking for the next big thing. So I have a very big bird's eye view for how people think. And it's not because I went to college because I didn't. It's not because I'm like some genius because I'm not. I you know, had my IQ tested. Not a genius. Okay, I got an A in math, a D in English, a B in C and everything else, some average intelligence. It's just because um, you know, I haven't read a ton of books on this stuff. It's just because of experience of just doing things and learning from, their, from, from doing them. And I, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those um, people that, you know, I get bored. So if I look at my entire career, every three and a half years, I get sick of, like, my career. I want to do something else. Yeah. You know, every job I've had, I've had for three and a half years. I did real estate for, I think, four years. I did internet mar- uh, real estate information marketing for three or four years. And then I realized, you know what, I'm kind of tired of doing real estate. Nothing wrong with it. It's just not my thing right, you know, right now. I've got you know, other stuff that I want to accomplish. Um, so, but I didn't want to be the guy that's like, oh, oh look at me and look at, all the, look, look at all the money I'm making in real estate when you're not really making any money in real estate. So I shifted my model to finding people that were making money in real estate and publishing them and, you know, and building products all around them. And then, you know, people were like, well, you know, and people started asking me, well, how are you, you know, you know, how are you doing that? So then a lot, a lot of the products that have come out in the real estate niche, I've been behind the scenes on. I help, I help them put together a good hook for their, for, for their offer on what would make people react and buy and what people would make them uh, uh, not buy. And I have a very good bird's eye, you know, I think about stuff in a different way that most people don't really they don't really realize is, is even happening. But of all my past successes, I've realized I was never like a really great real estate investor. Okay. Um, you know, if you ask me how much it costs to fix a house, how to analyze a deal and, you know, how to like, you know, calculate rates of returns or, you know, you know, the stuff that real real estate investors know how to do. I wasn't really good at that. You know, my skill was, uh, getting real estate agents on board, get them to obey my every single command, get them to outsource to my um, um, my negotiators, and get them everyone working to get everyone working together. Um, the uh, the uh, internet marketing, same thing. I have no idea how to build a website. Okay. Well, no Nathan, clue. Nathan, let me yeah. let me say something here. Sure. At this mastermind, I met at least two people that have yeah. made either close to a million dollars or over a million dollars from your short sale system. So um, hats off to you, though, I mean, because I appreciate your honesty. Um, but I, I personally know people that have used your systems and just crushed it. So uh, thank you for, for doing that. Man. I'm completely, I'm completely flattered. I was, I guess, right place, right time, knew the right person and understood how to break it down and teach it. But you know, like I've done 150 real estate deals. So, so what? It's not like that's not that much. Um, the um, um, in, in internet marketing, same thing. I don't know how to build a website. I don't know how to split test a PPC campaign. You know, I outsource that stuff. Um, you know, because that stuff gives me a headache. The reason why I made so much money online was B is because of my ability to build relationships with people that wanted to be published and my ability to do joint venture relationships and kind of infiltrate the, the good old boys club of like real estate gurus and convince them to blast all my offer. That's what I was really good at. Um, and then from looking at, from training people and seeing that, okay, we just sold a hundred of these courses and one guy sent us a testimonial. 
okay, that actually used it. Okay. It, it's, it's never the people, the people that do this stuff, it's, it's never the people that, that get 100 on the real estate exam if they're going to be a real estate agent. It's, it's not the, the people that necessarily buy the shiniest object um, in the, like the best software. But those are all good tools to have. You know, they, they buy the best coaching program, the, the best software. They buy every single book on real estate and they become just, they just know everything about real estate. That, that, that's good. But if you actually want to succeed and do deals, one thing I've noticed in observation that I've made, it's the people that get in with the real estate agents, the people that get in with the private lenders, the people that understand um, how to Jedi mind trick the, the motivated sellers and the, and the cash buyers and the, the wholesalers, the people that you partner with, your own internal good old boys club um, locally, those are the people that make all the money in real estate. It's all about who you know. And we've all heard it's not what you know. It's, it's, it's who you know. And life is a good old boys club, okay? So we can sit here and we, complain, we can complain about, oh, well, yeah, the only reason that that real estate, that real estate investor um, is, uh, is doing deals because, oh, he knows a guy at that hedge fund. Or the only reason he has so many deals is because REO agents are just feeding him deals. Or the only reason that he's doing He's doing these deals because he's got all these relationships with cash buyers, and then they go and they, they you know, you've got the, the, the what I call the haters, the the, 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 you know, that basically get on blogs and start hate blogs about gurus about how we're all horrible scam artists. Not everyone's like that. I know your people aren't like that. I know you're not like that. But that stuff does exist. And all I'm asking you is to just stick with me and just accept the fact that you know what, you're right. It is a good old boys club. Yeah. So stop, stop complaining about it and just accept it and then shift your way of thinking to, okay, so how are we going to get into that club? And this applies to anything. You know? Think about like in like relationships. If you, ask, if you ever ask a, like a, six, like a happily married couple, okay, how did you two meet? Nine times out of ten, they say, oh, we met through a mutual friend. Okay, it's all about who you know. Um, if you, if you ask anyone about uh, how did you get the, the amazing job, the high-paying job that you have, it, it very seldom is like, well, I went to college and then I got a degree and then when I came out, I you know, faxed a resume to the, in the unemployment section to one company and they immediately saw that I had a degree and immediately hired me. Um, no, they always say, oh, I knew someone and they introduced me to the owner and I got a job there. Um, Real, real estate, you know, and you talk to a successful real estate investor, how, how are you doing so many deals? Oh, well, I bought this automated, shiny software, and I pushed one button, and immediately seller and buyer leads came my way, and uh, that, was, that was just it. Um, and, you know, I made all this money. Those are good tools to have, and I'm not, like, you know, speaking against the industry or anything like that. But if you don't understand and master the skill that I'm going to talk about, you're going to have mediocre results. Like understanding the stuff that I'm going to cover is literally like a cheat code. You're cheating. Okay. You know, so if we, we have any like video game enthusiast, well, what happens is everyone buys a video game and when they first get the video game, they're thinking, no, I'm not going to use any cheat codes. I'm not going to do it. And then like, <laughs> and then like when they get to that one really hard level, they're like, they're Googling the walkthrough. They're Googling the, the cheat code so they can obtain God mode, skip forward to the next level or become characters that normally they would have to work for the, the normal way. Okay. Right. It's the same thing. There's the same thing in life. You can ethically cheat 
in life. And we're going to give examples more specifically in real estate because I know that's what your crowd is, uh, is, is looking for. And this is just from observations that I've made. Uh, well, this, you know, is, this is ethically cheating. And you, could, you, you could definitely use the stuff I'm about to talk about for evil and you can totally manipulate people. But you know what? You know, like anything, any kind of knowledge can be used for good or bad. Like, look at Star Wars. You got any Star Wars fans? Joe, you a Star Wars guy? You start. You a Trekkie or a Star Wars? Which one? Are you? <laughs> uh, probably Star Wars. I've seen more Star Wars movies. Okay, all right, good, good. good. So we're friends because if you were sitting with Star Trek, I mean, like, I was just gonna like hang out with Colin <laughs> more than a few years. No, actually, Star Trek would be totally cool if you just admit that Star Wars is better. It knowledge, is yes. knowledge. Knowledge of the Force is used for good and bad. You've got the Jedi, which are the good. With the good people with knowledge of the Force and the Sith with the bad knowledge of the Force. So the stuff that I'm talking about is Jedi. So you guys have just pinky promise you're not going to use this stuff to unethically manipulate people. Okay? All right. So we put the disclaimer out there. I think we're good. All right? So, right. right. Um, um, he, he, here's one thing that you have to be, to, be, to be aware of. And this is kind of like, like my secret to life. And this is like something I don't even know if we should even really be talking about because this is how marketers – Think. This is like the first thing I think about if I'm gonna, you know, you know, if I if I'm gonna convince someone that they need to buy my real estate information product or one of my clients' real estate information product, there, there's like, there, there's there's this one thing that um, that that we do to convince you to buy stuff. So this is like behind the scenes stuff. I don't. Know, we, we may we may make some people mad, but you know what? We're just gonna go with it because we've already gone this far. Okay. <laughs> you got me, man. The secret. <laughs> to marketing and to persuade people to do what you want is Homer Simpson. Okay? You ever watch The Simpsons, Joe? Oh, yeah. I do. Okay. It's the longest running cartoon on the face of the planet. Okay? When I was in third grade, you know, I went to a Christian conservative school, Mrs. Lyle, she said, now, now listen, kids, you can't watch The Simpsons because it's evil because Bart Simpson says don't have a cow man. Okay? In third grade, I'm eight. I'm 32 now. That's 24 years. Why is it the most popular cartoon on the face of the planet? You know why? Um, I'm tell you why. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was, that was well, kind of like a planted I, question. I do know why, but I didn't know if you wanted me to answer it or not. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because we all uh, connect with either the main character, which is Homer, or someone in that show in our own way. Let's think about like what Homer does. Homer's fat. He's lazy. He eats donuts. He drinks beer. He goes to work. And what does he do? He pushes a button at work every day at the power plant. Okay? He went to college. He's got the 2.3 kids. He did everything that he was, like, supposed to do. He's got a very low level of awareness. So if you look at all the marketing messages, and as, as society changes... Everyone is essentially Homer Simpson, you know. So, like, we'll use uh, real estate information marketing as an example. I mean, this is like stuff that, I mean, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, but you know, we're just going to tell you anyway. Well, you know, Nathan, not, Nathan, yeah. you're 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 bringing it real, and I appreciate that. And this this could also apply to talking to sellers who want to sell their house, right? They yeah, they, because, they want the and, easy way out. Everyone wants something done for them. Everyone wants a magic button or a magic pill, and they want an instant gratification. Right. And it's important to be aware of this so you don't get sucked in too much to being a homer. So like an example, if I'm going to sell a real estate information product, okay, 
you know, the, the reality is, is the real rich, wealthy real estate investors, they do things like raise their own private money and build wealth long term and take care of like and have certain like tax advantages and a property management and they have rehab crews. Those are the guys that are wealthy in real estate, okay? But you, you, you come out of the course that just says, oh, we're going to show you how to just, you know, build an empire of real estate and do all this work. I mean, no one will buy it because it's not sexy. The homer in the real estate niche wants to make money in real estate with no money, no credit, without talking to banks, without talking to real estate agents, without having to raise his own private lenders. And he thinks that real estate gurus only make money teaching real estate and not actually doing real estate. And he wants to have seller and buyer leads in his inbox every single month and he wants to have big fat closings every single week. You know, he watches, you know, like one of those flip this house rehabbing shows on on TV and gets interested in real estate, sees a local seminar, finds a real estate podcast, and boom, here he is right now. That's what he wants to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like as marketers and you know, as as someone on the other side of the spectrum, like I have to come up with an offer that overcomes all or most of those objections or nobody will buy it. Um, so it's important to kind of be able to read in between the lines and understand that that's, that's who we're selling, selling to. And you can make money in real estate doing all of those things. But you know, that's why this is a free podcast. I'm not coming out with a, you know, a, 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 a you know, product that, 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 on this kind of thing, really, because it's really not sexy. If I say, okay, here's how you make money in real estate, you have to network with real estate agents and actually talk to people um, and actually do, do this, like no one's gonna buy it. You can buy uh, an automated marketing campaign on how to get, on how to market direct mail to private lenders or direct mail to sellers, and they'll actually get leads and the products actually do work. But the reality is, is that private lender is going to call you, you're gonna have to eventually talk to someone and actually understand how to communicate with them to get them to give you private money, to convince an REO agent to get you deals, to convince a uh, hedge fund to buy stuff from you, to convince a, a motivated seller to sell their house on lease option, to uh, you know figure out a way to have a to, to have a cash buyer buy a, an assignable contract um, for an eight thousand dollar assignment fee and not care that you're making their assignment fee. It's all about um, who you know and the ethical Jedi mind tricks that you're using and the language patterns you're using to do that. But, there, but like, remember I said there's a homer in all of us. You know, you know, so, so like step one, I mean this is kind of like a mindset thing, is you know, become aware that, that the homer exists and that's the homer and, and then stop being such a homer. Stop, you know, you know, stop thinking of yourself. No one wants to think of themselves as a fat, lazy slob that eats donuts and drinks beer and doesn't want to do anything. So listen, we're marketing the homer. So if you really want to do big things in real estate, stop being homer. And at least the lowest level of homer because we're actually all homer. I mean, look at prescription drug commercials. So people want a magic pill that they can just take that's just going to fix their problem instantly. Um, Look at uh, the Keurig coffee maker, uh, Joe. Do you got a, you know the Keurig coffee maker? Oh, the coffee makers you get home. Don't like they got like you don't have one? No, yeah, 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 I do. I love it. Don't knock my Keurig, man. See, see. Well, I've got one too. But you know what, Joe? <laughs> yes, You're what? totally their Homer. Okay? Oh yeah. When Keurig is marketing their push button, push one button, get instant coffee out. They got a big picture of Joe McCall on their board, and like, okay, this is our Homer. 
Okay. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's what they're, that's what they're thinking. And that's an ethical way to sell to homeowner. But then like you've got some of the things that kind of cross the line. You've got like, oh, well, you can make money without doing this, 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 or this. You push a button, instantly make money, no problem. The, the, the real estate infomercials, a lot of the sketchy ones yeah. that they just have like, they show like the dumbest people on the face of the planet and they just show like how they made all of this money without doing any work. They attract the dumbest people and consequently a lot of the TV infomercial gurus, whether it be in real estate or internet marketing or whatever, they all get in trouble with the FTC and like life catches up to them eventually. Those are all short-term instant gratification um, thinking. You know, long-term, you really have to just stop being home, okay? Stop complaining, okay? And shift your mindset to, okay, so how am I going to infiltrate the good old boys club in real estate, okay? So you have to first determine, well, what kind of deals though do I want to do? And then you have to figure out, okay, well, who's my homer? So that homer could be a private lender. You know, a private lender, he doesn't want to go out and actually have to do real estate and rehab homes. He just wants to wire a check, you know, wire some funds to a title company and make 15% on his money and not have to do any work. So essentially, he could be your homer. He's just a higher level of homer, okay? So there are seven things that are either going to get you in the good old boys club or they're going to keep you out of the good old boys club. So I'm not going to be like one of those like motivational guys that, that like, you know, you have two types of motivational speakers. Okay. You've got the guys that are like, okay, well, let's just think positive thoughts and, uh, and we'll manifest, you know, whatever we want. Okay. And you know, like uh, the book, like The Secret. Joe, you ever read The uh, Secret? No, and I, I, I never will. Okay. Well, I mean, something wrong with it. It's good for your mindset because you should be positive because everyone that's talking negative is going to push, you know, positive people away and attract negative people. Right. But like The Secret, the book, the DVD, it did three hundred million dollars on the front end. Okay, and it basically was the concept of the law of attraction. Just think about stuff, and it'll just happen. No action required. Well, in the personal development niche of selling information products and books and tapes that that offer did 300 million dollars on the front end completely virally you know why because everyone's homer they don't they don't want to hear oh yeah, i've got to like work and do stuff they want to think oh i can just think positive thoughts and it'll just happen okay 300 million dollars that's proof that everyone's homer that's that's an excellent excellent example and when i think about this um a lot of times you know Guys, we're kind of pulling back the curtains here and showing you what goes on in the real estate information space. But a really good ethical marketer will do exactly what you're talking about. And I like using this phrase. You need to sell people what they want and give them what they need, right? And if you want to be good at selling, whether it's a seller, whether it's an information product or coaching or consulting, whatever, you need to give people what they want. They want to be a homer, but you need to give them you sell people what they want and give them what they need. And that's what we're talking about here, the ethical way to do this. Right. Exactly. You want to ethically overcome a homer's objection. This is in communication or, or in marketing. So you can use this stuff and apply it to marketing. But really, marketing, copywriting, storytelling, speaking to someone one-on-one, if you look at it, it's really – all the same stuff. So we've got the so in personal development, we've got the law of attraction. Oh, just think positive thoughts. Then we've got the motivational raw raw guys with no substance. 
So, Joe, you ever been to like the real estate seminar? And everyone goes to the real estate seminar, but they got the one motivational guy, and he's like, he's just taking way too many happy pills. Okay, and he's like, all right, everyone, stand up. All right, now let's go, rah rah. You can do it and make it happen. And if you talk to them, there's no substance about. Okay, well, how do I accomplish my goals? Well, you just have to find a way to make it happen and don't give up. You can do it. Okay, let's see if let's just do a test and let's just see if this will work, Joe. Can you sign over all of your assets over to me right now, please? No. Okay, 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 okay. Well, you know, I, okay, so I went to the motive. That didn't work, but I got to try again. The motivational guy said to try harder. Okay, let's try again. Joe, will you please sign over all the assets over to me? Nah, no. Uh, okay, I guess it's not working. Okay, so that, that, that's like just went out the, that, that whole theory just went out the door. You know, I'm thinking positive thoughts. I'm manifesting Joe giving me all of his assets right now. Mm, okay, no, but it didn't work. It didn't work, okay? Because there's no substance to that kind of content. It's good. It makes you feel good. And for some people, it works. But all the people, and it only works is because a lot of them are doing these seven things I'm talking about, and they don't even realize or even aware that they're even doing them. So... I mean, everyone wants a magic pill, and I actually have a magic pill for you, okay? That's why I named my, 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 my website, by the way, is leopardpill.com, okay? Um, um, there's basically, to get anything you want, no BS. So the no BS way to get anything you want is you have to follow the gay knobs formula, okay? And, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, any kind of like homosexual undertone or anything, but... This is like how I teach people how to get anything you want, no BS. If you spell out get anything you want, no BS, the acronym is G-A-Y-W-N-O-B-S, gay knobs. The W, the w is silent, by the way. Why is the, w, why is the w silent, Joe? You know why? Because whatever you want, you don't talk about right away, okay? So there's these magic pills that I have that when you take them, okay, you know, you know, Homer can take them and he'll literally get anything they want. People obey his every command. Um, unfortunately, you know, I tried to get these pills, like I, I tried to get them through FDA approval and the side effects, you know, there's too much. We were working t- way too many times. They were highly addictive. <laughs> it just wasn't good. So we figured out a way to release them anyways by releasing it in podcast form because the FDA doesn't regulate podcasts. So we're good. Right on. Okay? All right. So the seven things are... Write this down. We're gonna. I don't know how much time we're gonna have, but we're gonna. We're gonna figure out. Uh, you know, I'm gonna cram as much of this hey, as I t- can. Nathan, take your time, man. We'll we'll do two podcasts if you need to. And by the way, guys, um, Alex has been texting me and he's apologizing for not being on here. I just wanted to to let you know that uh, Alex is. We kind of threw this together at the last minute because uh, I know Nathan's time is valuable and it's it's hard to get him scheduled to do something like this. So um, anyway, Nathan, you're talking about the seven things to get into the good old boy club, right? Yeah, yeah, the gay the gay knobs formula. The W is silent, by the way. Just just so you know. So just write that out. G A Y W N O B S. Gay knobs formula. W is silent. Okay. And then I want you to write down these seven things. This is how you're gonna strategically infiltrate any good old boys club, okay? And they are third party endorsement, frame control, likability, appearance, credibility, popularity and storytelling, the ability to tell stories, okay? So he, he, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things and a lot of um, in here that you might already do and you don't have to master 
all seven of these or anything like that because it would be impossible. Um, can, you, really, you know, so funny. can you repeat them again? Uh, Third-party endorsement, frame control, likability, appearance, credibility, popularity, and the ability to tell stories. You don't have to master all of these. You don't have to be like on a scale of 1 to 10. You don't have to be a 10 on all of these. It's actually kind of impossible because some of them actually conflict with each other. You know? So like there's like certain areas, um, there's certain character traits that in these things that I'm good at and certain things that I really struggle with. So I've got to make it up with, with, with one of the other seven things. But like what happened is we're after studying sales and getting a little – as a, be- as a better communicator, I, um, I didn't really understand like, that I was doing a lot of these things. So like I would, when I was back in the day, when I was teaching people how to flip short sales, I would say, okay, go talk to real estate agents and then give them this script and then they'll want to work with you. And like it always worked for me. But then, you know, nine out of ten times, 10% of my students would come back and say, okay, Nate, it worked. Awesome. I just did a deal or I got a short sale lead. And then the... The other nine said, no, we tried, and they said it was illegal. It didn't, this doesn't work in my state. We're in a different area. You know, just more Homer excuses, you know, reasons why this doesn't, this, you know, you know, this reason why this stuff um, doesn't work. And I didn't even realize that there was stuff that I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. It was just like, oh, I was just kind of doing that. And now I look back, that's why that realtor did exactly what I told them to do. Okay. So the first thing is. Third-party endorsement and frame control are probably the most popular, the most important ones. We'll talk about those first. Okay. Um, uh, Third-party endorsement is essentially never talking about yourself or boasting about yourself. We're in real estate, and in real estate, we have some huge egos. Okay. Um, both as a private lender, as a re- re- you know, real estate agents and real estate investors, and the higher level that you play at, and the, you know, the, the hedge funds, the, 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 the good old boys club you get in with, the, more, the higher you play at, the, like, the bigger egos people tend to have, which doesn't really make sense, but that just essentially is they have a reason to have an ego because of their success. So if I'm trying to get, if I'm trying to do business with a private lender, I would never probably try to try to position it so that I'm never directly contacting the private lender. Um, um, I would try to get like a title agent to introduce me to the private lender and get them to tell the private lender about how awesome and amazing I am. Okay. Like Joe, let's just say for example, um, we'll use like one of my consulting examples. Like let's say hypothetically that I walked up to you and I said, Joe, you got to use my internet marketing consulting because I'm awesome and I'm amazing and I've done all these amazing things and you know I did all this you know I made I made all this money my first year and um, you know you really should use me it costs a lot of money but it's totally worth it you should totally do it that may or may not work depending on whether I hit you at the right place or the right time but let's say that um, a mutual friend let's say like we're both friends with Sean Terry I know you probably have had him on your podcast in the past oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say Sean Terry calls you and says, Joe, you've got to hire Nathan 
for some consulting for that new offer you're coming out with. He's awesome and he's amazing, and all of his clients have a no, have a number. You know, they have huge successes and like and uh, you know he did five million dollars his first year. And you, I mean, you really need to talk to him because he really understands his stuff, and I've seen it before. Okay, Sean Terry is going to say the exact same thing that I said, but it doesn't come off across as like boastful and prideful or arrogant at all. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Very well. Okay. Um, so always getting someone else to introduce you to the REO agent, to introduce you to the, um, the, the private lender, to introduce you to the real estate agents, um, that's going to be 10 times more effective. This is why married couples, okay, how do they meet? They met through a mutual friend. You've got to meet this girl. Oh, yeah. She's so awesome. You've got to meet this guy. He's really good. That has a higher success rate as far as long-term relationship than the guy that walks up to your bar and, has, and uses a pickup line unless he's a really, really advanced, advanced, advanced communicator and it's like the right place, right kind of thing. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying that it, uh, you, the odds are in your favor when you do that. Okay. Well, Nathan, let me let me interject something there because um, that's really important for an example when you're when you're advertising and doing marketing for sellers, um, you should always have <clears throat> testimonials on your website or in your direct mail and your postcards. One of the things that I'm working on right now, after listening to you present on this before, is I'm getting actual seller testimonials and I'm putting them on my website. And I'm ditching my own video where I say, hey, this is Joe, and I buy houses, da 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 I'm getting rid of that video, and I'm just going to have seller testimonials on my front page of my and, website. And this is, this is not true just in just, just why everything is the same thing. This is not just true in regular communications. Look at like book, like book, number one best-selling book authors. On almost every number one best-selling book, they always have an endorsement on the cover of the book from some well-known thought leader talking mm -hmm. about how awesome the book is. Okay, um, well, why did why did Nike golf? I'm a golfer. I'm a Tiger Woods fan. Okay, so let's use that as an example. Why did why did Nike basically blow up so quick? You know, they they had no presence in the golf industry at all. Um, you know, back in like '97 when Tiger Woods started getting getting popular, if they were just to make golf clubs and say our golf clubs are better than everyone else's just because they are, no one would buy them. But because Tiger Woods is endorsing them and using and giving a third-party endorsement, now everyone has them, and they're up there with TaylorMade and Titleist and and everything else. It's the same thing. Oh, what, what you know, you know, people would literally subconsciously think, oh, well, Nike just thinks they're so awesome and so great. They're always just talking about themselves. You know, I don't, well, I don't know about that. But then when Tiger says he uses them and he wins all the tournaments. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I'm going to buy Nike golf clubs because I'm getting Tiger Woods endorsement. It's the same thing. Okay. Um, and I'm going to talk about how to, get, how to get people to endorse you. We're going to cover that in a second. But sometimes there are things about you or skills that you possess that are awesome. Okay. Or accomplishments that you, you've accomplished in the past that are good. And sometimes it is necessary to, to communicate that. Um, so whenever you're talking about yourself or someone is directly endorsing you, you have to um, talk about yourself in a humble way, okay? So like if, if anyone directly endorses me for my internet knowledge or my consulting, they say, yep, yep, Nathan, you did $5 million this first year. You sold $10 million in the last four years. 
online. He's awesome, okay? I don't say, yep, everything Joe said is exactly right. I am. It's cool. I always basically credit why I'm awesome to someone else. Like, oh, well, I mean, I really got lucky that it even happened, and I'm just fortunate enough to be in the position that I'm at right now. Um, and, you know, I did work hard, and I've spent, you know, less 10,000 hours researching this stuff, but that just means that because I've gone through all that, you kind of get to cheat, and, you know, you get to go through a lot of the trials that maybe, that maybe I don't have to go with, so I'm just fortunate to be here. You know, what's your name? What do you do? Tell, tell me about yourself. So always, like, when networking and talking to people, you have to understand the two golden rules. People don't like people that talk about themselves in a prideful way, but people love talking about themselves. They'll love it, okay? So I would always basically credit anything that's awesome about me to something that I didn't even really do. Oh, you know, I had really good parents. I'm just lucky to be here. And there's a lot of people that weren't raised in good homes. So that's why I'm here. That's why I'm lucky. You know, I'm just fortunate to do that. I work very hard, but, you know, it's not about me. It's about them, you know, this noble cause. This is very, very important. And then you find out what they do. So what do you do for a living? Okay, and this is what's important. You know, when people are talking about networking, they're always talking about like, um, well, you just have to like build rapport or find commonalities. Okay, and that's natural to some people, but some people don't understand how to do that. So the first thing that I would do is get them talking about themselves by asking them what they do. So what do you do? Oh, you're a uh, you're you're a real estate agent. What kind of real estate agent do you do? Commercial real estate. Then, you, then, you, then I immediately calculate in my head, okay, well, who is that person's homer? Okay, this, not, this awareness of homer is very, very important. And basically figure out what, of, of, of what is a very likely homer that they probably have and what is the biggest pain in the ass that they deal with every single day. Oh, you do commercial real estate? Well, let me ask you a question. I mean, are you just like commercial real estate? You guys have all these big like property uh, – Commercial landowners and, and 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 strip mall owners. I mean, do you with like? I would imagine. I don't know. Even they really do. Even if you don't, if, if whether you do or don't doesn't matter. Just play stupid and ask intelligent questions. If you ask intelligent questions, they'll think you smart. You're smarter than you actually are. Okay. Like, let me ask you a question. Like, what is it like dealing with big egos like that all the time? I urge you. Do you run across that sort of thing? And immediately, they'll just start going off and talking about their job that no one really appreciates um, that someone actually had the foresight and, and smarts to ask them. So now you're making them feel good about themselves. They're bitching about their Homer. All day. <laughs> you know, they don't know about Homer, but you do. And uh, then you can figure out what it is that they want. Okay? When, in, in like networking books, when people are teaching networking, what do they always say? They always say, find out what someone else wants and give it to them, and then you can have whatever you want. And that's true, but the problem is is that there's not like a way to, to – like if you just walk up – like Joe, if I were to walk up to you and you didn't know me at a seminar, and I said, Joe, what can I do for you? You know that I probably wrote some – I read some lame-ass networking book. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just trying to do you a favor because there's something that, that I want. So you're like, all right, this guy, I don't even want to hang out with this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, that, that's probably, probably what you're thinking. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen, you've seen that? 
And that lowers my frame. It makes me come across as needy, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But when you, when you figure out what their homer is and you get them to complain about what they do, then you can very quickly um, figure out what it is they want. And then you give them a third-party endorsement. So the secret to getting people to endorse you is to give them all the time, even when it doesn't even directly benefit you. This is what people suck at and don't do. And this is, this is why I was able to influence so many real estate agents because I would get people to say, hey, you got to work with Nathan. He knows what he's doing. It's because I would uh, be introducing mortgage brokers to real estate agents and real estate agents to mortgage brokers and title agents to real estate agents and uh, you know, um, um, appraisers to real estate agents, even when it didn't directly benefit me at all. And the reason not, why is because of the law of reciprocity just kind of kicks in. But here's what happens. Here's where people mess this up. So let's, let's use an example. Let's say that... Um, let's say that I'm trying to, uh, um, I, I have a title agent because title agents, no private lenders. Okay. And let's say that I talk to a real estate agent. I do this and it turns out that I figure out that they're not happy with their title company. I don't just say, you know what? I'm going to have my title girl, Jennifer, call you. Okay. That's not going to go well. Jennifer will say, yeah, Nathan said to call you. Hey. And they like, go, oh, Hey, what are we going to talk about? Uh, I don't know. And then it won't go anywhere. You have to give a Jedi endorsement, and it usually works well in an email. Jennifer, meet Bill. Okay? But most people would stop there and say, you guys should talk. You're a real estate agent. You're a title company, and you guys are great. You can't do that. That doesn't work. Okay? You have to basically give them third-party endorsements and stroke both of their egos and tell them about awesome things about each other. Okay, Jennifer, I want you to meet Bill. Bill is top 10 at the Keller Williams office that he works at and specializes in short sales. And he was just telling me that he was looking for a, uh, um, a good title company to work for. And after talking to him, I can tell that this guy knows what he's doing. Okay, Bill, meet Jennifer. Jennifer is my title agent and she handles all of my closings. She actually calls you back and she gets title searches done in like same day in most cases. She's a true Jedi and she's one of us. Okay. You guys should definitely talk. When you do that over an email intro, you basically have like two or three awesome, but sometimes even funny bullet points about how awesome the other party is. Then what happens is that Jennifer now feels indebted to me. And makes all my stuff like priority because I hooked her up. And Bill, if Jennifer ends up working out and being a really good title agent, like he's now going to kind of do whatever I say because I gave him a really good resource. Okay, people, everyone has a scarcity mindset, especially like in internet marketing. So, you know, Joe, like, you know, like, uh, like in, our, in our world, when you get like a really good copywriter or a really good like web development tech guy, you don't want to tell anyone about it, about him because you're afraid like, They'll get too busy and won't focus on your stuff, or right. maybe you're helping your competition. I completely just break that rule completely, and all my web stuff. So, like for my my, my blogs and opt-in forms and everything that I don't know how to do, my web guy doesn't even charge me ever, and he probably does several thousand dollars worth of work every single uh, month. 
for me because I've hooked him up with so many clients. You have to be careful with this though because if you knowingly hooked up a good resource with someone that doesn't have their act together, it's going to backfire. Okay, so if, if you have right. a title agent that's not on the ball and screws up all the time, don't be giving her third-party endorsements to anyone just because the realtor is good. Because if she screws up, it's going to reflect bad on you. Okay, so you have to have the kind of intuition to be able to tell this sort of thing. And a lot of that is just based on like looking at the number of transactions they do. If a realtor says she's doing all these deals, and you look up on the MLS and find out she's only closed two deals in the last year, um, you know, just be more aware and you got to use good wisdom and judgment when it comes to um, to, to, to that sort of thing um, when doing that. So when one thing I've always been on, this is something I was unconscious about. I didn't really realize I was doing it because I just figured everyone did this. I was always trying to help people get resources that they wanted because everyone sucks at networking. And by doing that all the time, what ends up happening is you end up getting more opportunities then you even knew it to you, you get more opportunities opened up to you and more people endorsing you than you ever like realized. And then when you need a favor, that's like it's like, hey dude, um, you know, I need I need this. Do you, do you know anyone or can you do this for me? Like it like they, they feel so indebted to you that they like have to do it. So now you have basically super covert Jedi mind control over people and they don't even realize that they don't even realize why they're even doing this favor because they don't think about this stuff at this level, okay? So that's why third-party endorsement is so incredibly important. It's not about going to a networking event and handing out business cards and telling everyone what you do and waiting for the phone to ring. That does not work. You need to have conversations with potential lead sources that are... Um, that that could potentially endorse you or help you along the way. You know, I have attorneys that do stuff for me for free all the time. My web guy does stuff for free. My video guy charges me half of what he charges everyone else, um, and it's because of this skill. Um, so that's like, I mean, I know it's kind of like no duh, but really it's not no duh because people don't think about this stuff. Is this, is this making sense, Joe? Well, it is, and I've <clears throat> I've known you for a couple, three years now, Nathan, and, and looking back over our relationship and friendship, you've been doing this thing for years. You're, you're constantly hooking me up with people that can help me do something. And then when you, have, when you need my help, you call me up or send me a text and say... You pretty much... And I you do. You pretty much have to do it. You, yeah, you, <laughs> you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, but I'm 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 manipulating you, though. Joe. But I, it's I'm not being manipulative. But it's not bad. I mean, it's yeah. It's as long not as what you're doing, I'm, all my powers I'm using for good. So you know, we're we're we're, we're good. You're, I'm hooking up people and genuinely helping people get what they want, so that what I can get what I want. It's well, like my evil ulterior motive. You're one you of know? the most uh, generous guys I know in this industry, and that's why you have so many friends. And um, it's just. And, and people who don't understand that, you know, we're, we're probably offending some people listening to this, but I just, I don't care, honestly, because this stuff really does work. And it's not about playing tricks, manipulating somebody to take advantage of them. It's about creating win-wins for everybody involved. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's move on to um, the well, second. Let's, let's break okay. this up into part two. Would that be all right, Nathan? 
Okay, what you? Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's do that because um, the second one we start talking about frame control. I know that you know when I spoke at that mastermind a few weeks back, um, that was kind of like the topic. And this is like, I mean, this this blows third party endorsement away. This is actually more important, and this is way more covert. And this really gets people to want to work with you yeah and and it's like it's not like the same old typical sales stuff like trial closes or anything like that this is really really covert so let's um yeah let's save that for the next episode that way people will have to watch the next episode because you know <laughs> right. we're holding that back it's like we're manipulating people into watching the second episode because we have an evil ulterior motive to <laughs> to get them to listen to all of this content because once they listen to this content interstellar world domination is achieved. Well, let's do this, Nathan. Why don't you say, could you do this for me to like give me a third-party endorsement for this podcast? Could you say, this is Nathan Jurowitz, and you're listening to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast? This is Nathan Jurowitz, and you're listening to the, what is it called again? (laughs) (laughs) Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. This is Nathan Jurowitz, and you're listening to the, Oh, it's a horrible third party endorsement. <laughs> You're fired. Horrible. But you know what? We're just going to go with Now, this is where I can shamelessly plug my website, right? Yeah, so, please. Go? Leopard, okay. go ahead. Okay, so go, um, uh, leopardpill.com is where you can find out more about me, okay? Because, I mean, I mean, I was lucky enough to have a website like this that someone else built. I mean, it is kind of an awesome website, but the only reason I even have it is because you know, my web guy built it for me, so you should definitely check it out. I mean, I guess if you want to, but this is a uh, you know, leopardpill.com is kind of uh, uh, the direction I'm going to teach this stuff on a, like in other industries other than just real estate. That's kind of what I got out of real estate. Um, and um, you know, I'm just really passionate about this kind of stuff. And once I realized that I was good at this stuff and developed this stuff, I was using it to get whatever I wanted at a, at a higher level because I was consciously aware of what I'm doing. So once I became aware of, oh, crap, this is the seven things. I know what they are now. A week later, I was on the radio. Two weeks after that, I had my own TV show. Um, and it's because I knew what I was doing. So I'm writing a book called Get Anything You Want, No BS. Right, and we're not talking about a TV show on YouTube, guys. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's, it's going to be – I mean, it's going to be on basic cable. I mean, whatever, right. Sure, whatever. So – uh, uh, Yes, guys, Leopard Pill, www.leopardpill.com. And uh, we'll cut off here and uh, come to part two in a second. Um, and guys, don't forget to go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to check out our Fast Cash Survival Kit. And uh, for me and Alex, we will see you guys on the other side. Thanks a lot, guys. Oh, yeah.